Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ath Geeks Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian, and with me today to talk this basketball, bringing two friends of the show, Shamari and Spin. How y'all doing today? Doing great, man. Yeah, doing good, man. Man, you know, telling on this Thursday night. You know, ready for this 81 and 1 season by my (laughs) Lakers. Wait. Hmm? Y'all trading Russ? Nah, nah. You know what I'm saying? I just got to go talk to Vogel, you know, let him know not to have, you know, him and Rondo on the floor together ever again. Or, you know, speaking of the line, y'all starting lineup to me was confusing too, having DJ out there with Russ because I was like, I feel like that's crowding Russ's space even more. Um, Yeah, part of that was because of. They got um, injuries though. We have like three or four wing injuries. THT's not playing for a little bit because of, he, he just had surgery, I think, on his wrist or something. Uh, Wayne Ellington got a groin issue. And then, um, what's his name? Kendrick Nunn's out. So, and then with the Warriors, they were starring Kavon and Draymond. So I think maybe that's part of the reason why we went big. Because I think the lineups are going to be really different throughout the season. It's not going to be anything consistent, especially with Vogel, because he doesn't know what he's doing sometimes. So, yeah, I mean that's just so. Yeah, that's. I hate. I hate when you can't get a consistent starting lineup, not due to injury, but just because your coach keeps changing. Because you can't get. I don't feel like the players can get a good flow together if they don't have a consistent unit where they're running with these group of guys. Yeah, I think. Um, most teams in the league, you know, are only going to have one real true big out there. So we'll see a lot more of AD at the five as the season goes on. Um, but, uh, yeah, D, I mean, DJ only played like 20. I think he played less than 20 minutes. So, you know, the starting lineup didn't really have an effect on the way the game played out. Yeah, I was just talking about the starting line. I know that didn't affect the rest of um the game with Russ and everything. I just saying I just don't like it with the the spacing issue. I just think that's like a weird thing because I said the same thing about the Cavs too with the weird with the spacing yeah. thing. But do you, that, yeah. so what? What all takeaways do you have as a Lakers fan after Game One? Um, the first, the most important aspect would be that LeBron looks a hundred percent from that ankle injury. Um, like he just doesn't look like he's scared to jump. He has the lift. And even though obviously he's in his 19th year, he's not supposed to look like, you know, the best version of himself athletically. He just looks healthy. Uh, AD was on point. He's clearly added some weight to his frame. Um, so he's heavier, which I don't know if that's really a good thing. Cause I, he's just, we all know him to be fragile. Um, even though he fights and plays through injuries, he's always falling. And it's just, it's, it's, it's like, I want to cover my eyes every time I watch him play and get hit, <laughs> but he played well, him and LeBron, obviously are one, two. Um, I just, I'm really glad to see that they just didn't come out there rusty. They were, they were ready to go. Russ, obviously, you know, he's an enigma because he's such a tenacious player who can get you going in transition and, you know, he can, you know, obviously fill up the stat sheet. But playing alongside LeBron, he's going to have to adjust because he's so used to being ball dominant that, you know, LeBron, while he can play off ball, you just got to kind of make way. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm going to give Russ till midseason, just like last year, with the way he was with the Wizards. Obviously, that personnel is much different. 
So he had a lot more of a, of a chance to succeed statistically. Um, but, you know, last year he started off really slow and it wasn't until about the middle of the year where he started to pick things up. So I'm going to give him to the middle of the year. But I just think that Vogel needs to just be smarter. He needs to prioritize offensive fluidity when it comes to his rotations. Defense is important, but if your defense is out there, you know, causing stops, creating turnovers, what good does it do if your offense in the half court is doing nothing but putting up bad shots or getting turnovers themselves, you know? So I think we'll be fine, but we just got to get the rotations right now. We got a lot of guys that got a lot of miles and age on their legs. They're not the best on-ball defenders, but collectively we can do some things if we get the right people on the floor at the right time. So you like your title hopes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I like still like title our title hopes. Because, I mean, as as hard as the, the West is, the only two teams that I feel as though can, you know, in terms of, you know, on paper, because obviously the season just started, can really give us some trouble in a series would be the Nuggets and – well, excuse me. Uh, yeah, the Nuggets, the Suns, and the Jazz because they're just – those guys all mesh really well. But, you know – Time will tell. But I, I still like our title hopes. It's just going to be a dogfight every step of the way. Nothing's going to be easy at all. Yeah. So, Spin, as someone who watched Russ all last year, do you feel like this season with him, with the slow starts, or him usually having these slow starts is going to be about the same, or do you think it's going to be different this year because he's in a Lakers jersey, a little more miles on his legs, a little less spacing, or do you think he's still going to still have that, you know, first half bag, second half bounce back? Well, I think, like, with Russ, like, last year, his slow start was, like, more attributed to, like, he was playing through, like, a torn quad or some some crazy yeah, injury. And COVID yeah, he, too, yeah, he was terrible, though. Like, he was so bad that, like, we were better with him, like, with Neto starting. So, it, it didn't really make sense. But, like, in the second half, he pretty much – he went crazy, and he was, like, one of the driving forces for us making the playoffs. So, I think it's more so, like – he got it like this is like his fourth team in four years, so he got to kind of fill out his team, and like he knows, like I think he's he got to get used to like realizing he ain't really got to do as much like yeah. with LeBron and AD, like where he was on the Wizards and it was him and Bill, so he was having to create. But I think also he's gonna rely on the shooters and stuff being there. So I don't think this is like you know jokes flying right now, obviously, because you know people like seeing the Lakers lose, but I think they're still gonna be one of the best teams in the league. They just got to get their guys back. They definitely need to shoot well around them. But besides that, I don't think it's nothing really to worry about Russ. Do you still like their title chances? Yeah, I think – I think, um, like he was saying, like I definitely – I think they're the favorite to come out the West. But I think it's just they're going to have to – I mean, obviously they're not always going to start Jordan, but, like, they got to definitely space the floor and, like, play 80 at the five more with with that lineup because they can really run with, with all those people with Russ, um, LeBron, AD. But, yeah, just get shooters and people that play their role, and I think they'll be straight. They got enough, like, really good um, role players. Like, Melo looked really good the other day and stuff. So, I think I think they'll be straight. We've been talking about the Lakers, but what about the Warriors? Do y'all, how, do, how do y'all feel about the Warriors? You think – I know Clay has been out for two years. Do y'all? What do y'all see? I've seen a lot of things about Clay too. I've seen a lot of people say Clay's going to come back good. Some people say Clay's going to come back washed. Some people have said the Warriors should trade Clay and package him instead of Wiggins, along with the young players to get a star to try to yeah. go that route. You that 
Go ahead, man. No, I was going to say it was funny because I was listening to you the other day, actually, Adriana. You were talking about how, what do you think, they were going to be like the eighth or ninth seed? Yeah. Um, the Warriors. And I kind of, I kind of like agree more along that lines. But like I saw the other day, like Vegas has the Warriors as like the fourth best odds mm-hmm. to win the chip. And maybe I'm missing something because they are deep. But they're, I guess they're counting on Clay coming back being the same. And he doesn't really mm-hmm. rely on his athleticism so much as just but he's a deep player. But yeah. like, I think they're counting on a lot from Steph and Clay for them to be saying like they're top five, like final, like to win the chip favorite. So I just don't see that. I mean, I they think- added Otto Porter Jr., who, you know, as you know, you watched him when he was with the Wizards. Yeah, and I think he's a perfect fit for them, honestly, because he's a really selfless player and he's going to pass and hit his corner threes, play a little bit of defense, but they, they're not going to need him to do a lot. <laughs> Yeah. I think and for I think, them to take that next step, they would need Wiseman to be, I guess, kind of like the player they're expecting him to be. Yeah. Um, I think the Warriors uh have pretty good title chances. Um they haven't been they haven't been with Clay since what, twenty nineteen? Right? The final. Yeah, yeah. yeah I heard that so they're 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 used they're used <laughs> to playing they're used to playing without him um at this point. And Steve Kerr obviously has done a pretty good job with, you know, what they've got. Um, they've obviously missed the playoffs the last two years, but you know, seeing what they've been able to do with their shooting, even though we can tell that Clay's not there, they still been shooting the ball pretty well. Um, they got a lot younger after this past offseason with their two lotto picks. And Jordan Poole is a guy right now that's favorite to win most improved or six man, you know, obviously banking on when Clay returns. But yeah. Those guys pass the ball incredibly well, and they've done that since, like, the inception of this whole Warriors, you know, dynasty. You know what I'm saying? So they move the ball really well. They keep defenses on their toes. And I personally think that they make the playoffs this year. I don't think that they end up – I actually won't be surprised if they don't end up um, as a really low seed. If they're middle of the pack, you know, four or five, I- I'm not going to be surprised. I think when Clay comes back, like Spence said, he doesn't rely on athleticism. He's a guy that can move around and hit open shots and even hit a lot of contested shots uh, off catch and shoot. I think, if anything, maybe we got a question or have concerns about his ability to be an on-ball defender from the Achilles and ACL tear. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's going to – once he's back healthy, he's back. You know what I'm saying? Um, the Warriors, you know, they pretty much – rely on Steph, and Steph is still playing at an MVP level. So um, as far as Wiseman's concerned, uh, I always felt like, well, obviously since last year, I felt like Steve Kerr really just doesn't do well with, like, you know, centering offenses around big men, big men that are, you know, actually skilled. Um, But because Wiseman is so young and when he got drafted, he was only, like, a few months removed from high school and he only played three college games. It was an adjustment for him. So once he's back, I think things will get rolling. But um, I, I like the Warriors title chances. I, me, for me, they're not really underdogs. People might not be expecting them to win a title or even make it all the way to the Western Conference Finals. But as long as you got stuff, Clay is coming back and you got all those shooters on your team. To me, they're not underdogs. These are guys that this is that that's it's like for me as a Lakers fan, that's the one team that like I hate watching my team play again because we're constantly zero zeroing in and chasing Steph like we did in game one. Um, and he and we did a good job, we contained him. He only shot five of 20 or whatever it was, even though he had a triple double. But everyone else gets going, 
You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think the Warriors will be straight. Yeah, I agree. They're gonna be straight. I just I'm just questioning how Clay comes back because I'm not, I'm never gonna question a shooter. The shot's always gonna be there. It's just the defensive factor for me because he's supposed to be their best on ball defender. So if who's gonna be that pure on ball defender? That's gonna a lot of that responsibility is gonna go to Wiggins. And Wiggins did play well as an on ball defender last year, but is he gonna take another step and be that? number one defensive guy because Draymond is their best defender, but he's not yeah. guarding the best player on the perimeter. Right. So And they got Kaminga, like right? Like he'll be there. Yeah, they have Kaminga, but, you know, he's young, so we got to see. Yeah, but, again, yeah. young. So we got to uh, – like, are you really betting on rookies to be, you know? So that's a, that's a lot of pressure. That, to put on I them. think with that, though, that's one of their weaker points with their last couple teams. Like, they just haven't been deep at all. So that could help for sure. Yeah. yeah. And they still do have Iguodala as a defender, but he's much older, so mm-hmm. he's obviously not who he used to be yeah. anymore. They've but, got some uh, pretty pretty solid depth going. Yeah, they do got solid depth. I actually like their depth. I, I like it a lot. But we like I said, we've been talking about them for a while. Let's jump over to the other game that night. How do y'all feel about? Do you feel that the Nets are vulnerable with just two stars? Because I because I said mm-hmm. I feel like their team is built to be around three stars. Uh, they have because they don't have as much depth and everything. I feel like they're a three-star team, and without with only two stars, um, they're going to be more vulnerable. I mean, they didn't necessarily, uh, um, they didn't necessarily like fix their depth issues this past off season, um, but they're still just as dangerous having Katie and Harden, um, even though they're not going to have Kyrie. We're guessing for the entire season, but. The thing is, is that they what they should have prioritized is defense. It's defense, and those guys can't guard anybody. So night in, night out, it's going to be we got to use our two superstar players to outscore the opposing team. And you know the way that the the way that Harden plays, there's not a whole lot of ball movement on offense. Um, I personally don't like Steve Nash as the coach for that team, just because he's just too inexperienced. Um, so the Nets definitely have chinks in their armor. But with that said, because it's Katie and Harden, those guys are still favorites to get to the Eastern Conference Finals and even the finals. And it's a team that you have to worry about no matter who you are. Um, but the one thing that stands out is their defense. They just Those guys don't defend. They don't defend well. They don't defend on the perimeter. They don't defend on the interior well. Um and they just didn't really prioritize it this past season, this past all season. So, you know, even though those guys can go out there and beat anybody, playoff time comes around seven game series. Obviously, last uh, season they were hurt, so that was the biggest excuse. But I believe even if they're fully healthy, um, we see a lot of vulnerabilities on the defensive side. Yeah, I think that interior presence, though, with Claxton starting to get more minutes, I think that's why they brought in Paul Millsap as well to fix those interior defensive issues. But you're right on the perimeter regardless of who they brought. They, I mean, Patty's not going to really play defense. They're still going to be vulnerable on that yeah. side. It's just they're just going to try to outscore people. So it's just like last year. Yeah. But on the other end, do you think Giannis has a chance for another MVP after how he looked in Bucks game one? Yeah, every year. He's going to be the MVP, one of the MVP favorites every season. I mean, he his game as 
the way the as much as people like to joke that his game is pretty one dimensional, it's effective. Um, there's really no stopping Giannis on on a consistent level. Um, he's gonna get his boards. He's gonna play pretty good defense, especially off ball, and help defense. And he's gonna get to the bucket. So, and the Bucks are gonna be one or two seed in the East. So he's gonna be one of the favorites for the for MVP this year. Um, I I'm not gonna call and say he's gonna get it this year, but he's gonna be up there. The thing that I like about Giannis, and I think I, I didn't at first have him up here in the MVP, and then I saw Gabe, I was like, God, it's hard not to put this guy in the MVP race. But then you, you, how often do you see it where we haven't seen it since LeBron, really, where a player is like always in the MVP race, and there you, you already see that player like, yeah, that player is gonna win four or five whatever MVPs, because that doesn't really happen much. Also, like, isn't it only like a handful of people only have over two MVPs? What is it, like Moses Malone, Jordan, LeBron? Who else Larry am I Bird. missing? Kareem? Yeah, yeah, Larry. Larry, Larry won like three straight or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not that I many. Mean, I mean, I know what you're saying, but obviously it's still premature because LeBron has been in the MVP race like every year since his like third year. So, But I know what you're saying. Like, we can definitely see Giannis winning – at least one more at some point in his career because he's only 26. Yeah. So he's a, he's a guy, he's pretty much a 30, 30, 15 and five guy. Like he's just, he's going to get his like Giannis is, like I said, (laughs) as far as game planning for him, I can only imagine coaches saying, all right, we're going to try to force him this way. Or as soon as he drives, you commit, blah, blah, blah. But Giannis is, I think he's, we don't give him enough credit for being cerebral. And that's because, you know, we kind of focus on the fact that he doesn't have the greatest handle. Uh, He isn't scared to take jumpers, but we can see that it's still a part of his game that he's working on and he'll get there slowly but surely. And so we kind of just look at him as a slasher who's just this, you know, athletic freak, um, you know, who does nothing but dunk on people. But I think Giannis is super cerebral. He knows the game. He knows the floor. He's learning as he goes. And he just entered his prime like he just entered it like a couple years ago so this is very early so yeah i could see him winning a couple more MVPs. what about you spencer i know you you i know you're a big fan of Giannis, and you like Giannis a lot so what what are your thoughts on that i mean i just i just like how he approaches the game because like players like that i kind of give more um what is the word I kind of give more credit to players like him where, like, if they're not doing good on offense, they still impact the game all over. And, like, he's still dominant defensive end. And, like, I think I think he's just, like, they were saying after, like, they did the whole ring ceremony and stuff, like, his face, like, changed. Like, he kind of got, like, straight into business. And I think he's still wearing that chip on his shoulder where a lot of people think they're talking about all they want it because of injuries, which is definitely true. But it's, like, you know, if you can keep creating that chip on your shoulder and you want to keep winning, then he can be as good as he wants to be, really. You know, I think it's good that he keeps creating that chip. And, I mean, it's a good reason to, you know, go into this season, go in fired up, try to go get that one-two seed and show people that it's like, especially with the other two teams you're going to be fighting with, mainly in the East, Ben vulnerable right now with Kyrie missing and this whole situation with Ben Simmons in the 76ers. This is the perfect year for Giannis to make it back to the finals again. 
yes, there's always the people are still going to put an asterisk by it because they're going to say Kyrie didn't play if he goes the whole year. The 76ers were weak because of whatever. But I mean, back to back finals appearances are back to back finals appearances if he gets there, regardless. Yeah, I just my think like Trey, my man Trey Young going to stop him this year. <laughs> Hawks to the finals. Let's get it. Hawks Lakers finals. I think we're like, when you were talking about the Nets, I think like they're definitely built to have, like, yeah, they can still beat a lot of teams with just them two. But like when you get in the playoffs and like KD usually is always balling, but like if Harden has a bad game and they play one of these elite teams, they usually lose because they're leaning so much on both of them. And then on top of that, like, with Kyrie there, like they can, they're these guys are older, like they're all past thirty, so they they're gonna load manage a lot during the season. And if you got just these two, you can't really do that as much. So I think that's it's not more so the players and the talent, but I think they're a little older, and if they're wearing themselves down too much in the regular season, you might not get the best of them in the playoffs without Kyrie. That is exactly that's how that's exactly how I feel because I feel like they got a lot of role players and a lot of specialists alongside them. Yeah, but, and they have a really yeah. like, like the Lakers are built similar where they got like a lot of older um, role players. But the Lakers have three guys, and the Lakers also are a lot more athletic. Whereas, like, if you look at the Nets roster, they really aren't that athletic at all. And so, like, it just it'll show on certain nights yeah. when they don't got it, and they can get run out the gym or something. Like, they're going. The biggest difference isn't really age either. It's just the Nets don't have guys that can go and create offense for themselves. Yeah, exactly. The Lakers, like Melo is – Yeah, they got a lot of shot he, creators. He can go and create offense for himself. Malik Monk can create offense for himself. Kendrick Nunn, we love – we know loves to create offense for himself, you know, yeah. despite the offense being something else. So the Nets just pretty much have to, like, sit back and watch, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Which can work if both guys are, you know, just completely killing, but playoff time, it's a whole different ballgame. It is. So let's jump into the next night and let's talk about the Wizards first. How does it feel to have your team be one and no? I saw that video of Bradley Bill saying, "Hey, the parade." he said that's his third time in his career winning an uh, opening game. <laughs> yeah, that's man, terrible. He wants to stay in DC. What a bum! Hey man, <laughs> hey man, he's loyal for some reason. I don't know, but nah. I mean, I man, think like. They, I, they were the Raptors were favored to win, and so like, I mean, obviously people thought, you know, we would be. I didn't, I didn't expect us to go in there and win like that, but it looks like a completely different team. Just and it's kind of crazy how coaching changes stuff because even like players like Bertans was playing, even though he didn't hit a damn shot, he was still affecting the game because he was like passing pretty good. He had like a block, I think, a couple of steals, so. It's definitely being coached with Unso, and the biggest difference is like, <clears throat> like Brad sat out a lot of the game, and he had like thirty-four minutes, but a lot of it was like he sat out a lot of the third, and they could like go to the turn to like Trez and like who's played pretty good. He just kind of like tailed off in the end. Uh, Dinwiddie played pretty good. They they passed the ball really well, and they defended like as a team pretty well, and that was without uh, Rui there. So I think. I think they'll be competitive this year. I don't think they'll be, like, no top team, but I think they can definitely be, like, a bottom, like, 7-8 seed unless somebody, like, breaks out and surprises. But I think um, pretty soon they're going to have Bertans out the rotation. They need to play Kisper or something because he's he still can't hit a damn shot, so he's kind of worthless. 
But with all that money paid to him, y'all really you really want to sit though? I think I don't think Unsell cares about that because even in the preseason he was starting Kisper. He and that's the thing, like he's trying a bunch of different lineups, trying to see what will work. And then even like they got Thomas Bryant who's gonna come back in December. So they're gonna they're gonna have to either trade some people and they can't really trade Bertans unless they try to attach a pick to him. But some somebody's somebody who's making money is going to be sitting because and he probably is going to be the odd man out because he just doesn't bring anything if he's not hitting shots. But like I said, I I gave him credit yesterday because he was at least you know affecting the game when he wasn't shooting well. But yeah, I was <clears throat> I think with that game yesterday, I was just really surprised because like Trez was like pretty much every time he's in the paint, he's finishing everything, and he isn't like. He isn't like the best defender and it's gonna show on certain nights, but he's definitely worthy of like like he said last year he felt like it was a year off for him because the Lakers barely even played him. And I mean it makes sense because the Lakers have a lot of defenders, but like he can he can score a lot. Like he was a six man of the year for a reason. So Yeah. Just wait till y'all play uh until wait, wait till he's in them situations with them. Real skilled, tall bigs, but yeah, but I is. think that's the that's the thing with our our centers. Like we got three different types. Like you got Gaffrey who played only twenty two minutes and had like four blocks. It felt like he was blocking everything. Yeah, and then you got if they decide to keep Bryant, he has an expiring contract, but he like hit forty two percent of his threes. So like they got different looks they can do at center, and I don't think yeah. they should have to force Trez out there against bad matchups. But yeah, he's. He definitely plays with a lot of passion and hopefully it wears out. And like um Unsell was actually drawing stuff up for Denny and Denny had a pretty good game. Um it just looks like a team where a coach is actually trying to do stuff for the players and not just running Brad and Russ out there and they just do their own thing. Yeah, that's the best part. No seeing the other players are getting involved, seeing everything like that, because that was my biggest thing with y'all. I want to see what y'all's young guys can do and what the young talent can do. And I didn't really get to see much of that last year. That's what I'm hoping for in watching y'all's games this year. Because I, I really do like um, Denny, and I want to see more of him. I think, like, the one of the things that encouraged me when we first got unsettled was he, like, highlighted how we were, like, 27th or 28th in passing. And, like, I mean, that makes sense when you have Brad and Russ dominating the ball. But he just wanted to make sure – you know, get ball movement and stuff. And, I mean, it shows in games because you, you're going you're gonna to get people open and create offense like that if instead of just having the ball stick. Yeah. So, no, no. We- the Raptors aren't good, so I'm not going to take too much from it. But they yeah, are I'm about to say. They're trying to, they're trying yeah. to at least play defense this year. Like, they held – I never seen them hold a team to 37 and a half all year last year, and they held the Raptors to 37. So, in the first I mean, half. the Raptors don't – that's the biggest thing with the Raptors, too, right now. They got to figure out scoring-wise. They, yes, Van Fleet can The Raptors score. play really good defense, though, and that's Yeah, what that's what I'm saying. They're going to be good defense. They're going to be good defenders. They're just not – the offensive ends where they're going to have to figure out because they yeah. don't have a true number one option. That when, yeah. Even when Siakam gets back, he's still – that's still another defensive, long, athletic wing to go along with OG, go along with Scotty. Go yeah, along with Gary Trent. That's just yeah. They got they like they got a lot of like defenders, mm-hmm. even like with pressures and everything. So like, where yeah. where is all the other offense going to come from outside of Van Fleet and Drogic? Like that that that's the question that I have for the Raptors, and that's why I don't think they're going to be as good. But I think they can still make some noise just off of like how the Knicks did last year on their defense. Alone. Yeah, exactly. 
I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised at the same time they see that they're bad again, them moving Siakam because Siakam's like 27 years old and just moving towards the future with Scotty and being like he's gonna be our cornerstone and we're just gonna move Siakam and try to get somebody else to pair along with Siak- I mean, um, Scotty and just build for the future around him. Because I just don't see Siakam as a true number one. I see him as a number two, maybe number three yeah. on certain nights. He's not so, a number one. He never has been a number one. So. And, but I'm saying, but the Raptors are trying to use him as a number one. Well, they tried to use him as a I mean, number cause one. Because their personnel calls for They don't really have anybody else. Yeah, so. that's why I, say I can see them moving him. Because it's like, where... So, because I'm like, again, yeah, he's 27, 28. He, I mean, he came in older. So, I mean, I know he hasn't been around for too long, but he, he was an older player. See, I'd take him. I don't know what we would give up. But... Well, why would Bradley you take Gale. him if you already have Rui and Denny? You have wings. I mean. Young wings. He's not He's not really a wing, though. They're playing as a forward, and I feel like. I think Brad in the first is a good spot. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, but um, what about that that Celtics game? I'm not gonna lie to y'all, broke my heart. Um, a lot yeah, of things. Stank. Yeah, I was yeah. keeping up with it. I thought y'all was like going to win for sure. I seen Brown going off, and then I see yeah. overtime. I'm like, wow. Yeah, that, I have. I have. Some, well, y'all came back. Well, y'all came well back. nah. They. I was gonna say they yeah. weren't gonna win. The Knicks should have finished it in regulation. Yeah. Yeah. The Brown, Knicks should have. Williams and Jalen. <laughs> Basically, they, drag them into overtime. Yeah, they got hot and they did what they were supposed to. But I still, I'm still questioning a lot of things from Udoka because one, playing his starters that many minutes day one of the NBA season, there's no reason <laughs> like that. A we, game. Yeah, he's he's treated like it's, it was a playoff game. Jalen Brown, 45 minutes. Marcus Smart, 45 minutes. Robert Williams, almost 45 minutes. Jason Tatum, almost Man. 45 minutes. What? Like what day game one? That also like, says something. Y'all yeah. also had injuries too. Yeah. But but no, we I was did. Gonna say maybe 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 it's it could be a blessing in disguise. Like the players, you know, obviously the first game of the year, you coming off the off season, it it could be a testament to like, yo, like are we are we ready for the long haul? Like you know what I'm saying? Like are we in shape? Are we conditioned well? And I mean, shit, it was a it was a good game. You know, obviously, I mean, it was still a good Jason game, and we were missing people. Stuck it up, but. Whoa, that man was seven of thirty. <laughs> yeah, okay, and that's another Had thing. Jason I, Taylor I, played well. That game, that, the Celtics easily yeah. won that. Yeah, but like I said, I still have a lot of things. Have you watched some of the lineups he threw out there too? There was a lot of lineups where. Tatum was at the five, or he had Romeo Langford at the four. Because I know we don't have the best yeah. bench depth right now, big man wise, because Cantor's out and Horford's out, so we don't have another big man behind um, Rob Williams. But yeah. like, yeah, like we we kept running into those small ball lineups to where we had no big on the floor, and we were just getting killed. Like Sims was killing us. Obi Toppin started catching lobs. Julius Randle was killing us. And it was just like I know we gotta we gotta do something we gotta switch it. I don't want to see Romeo Langford guarding Julius Randle, um, especially <laughs> when Rob Williams is on the floor. If Rob I mean, Williams I think, is on the floor, I think y'all not having Horford. Him. I mean, y'all definitely depending on Horford because oh like, yeah, 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 he's gonna. I mean, Robert Williams is probably your only true like big that y'all was playing yesterday. Like Grant he played, Williams, he played great too. Yeah, yeah he was our only. Didn't, didn't have a foul until overtime. Yeah, yeah he was and he had five blocks too. And he and he said he himself he wasn't in good shape. He was dying because that's why like 
I was surprised he played so much because in practice and everything before that, they were saying he wasn't in shape. He didn't come into the season in shape. He came in out of shape, and they're trying to work his conditioning back. And then he come out and play 44 minutes. And so that was kind of kind of caught me off guard. But going back to the Jason Tatum playing poorly <coughs> thing, Jalen Brown did say after the game, he was talking about um, – could they ask some questions, obviously, about it. They were like, well, you had this big night, blah, blah, blah. Don't you feel like you should have the ball more in your hands? And he was saying, yes, he does. He felt like he's earned the right to have the ball in his hands. Because you would see, like, Jalen Brown was cooking in that first half. If you pay attention to the second half, a lot of times they were running the offense through Tatum. The Tatum, Tatum had the ball. Jalen Brown wasn't really involved in the offense anymore. And I get that Jason Tatum's our franchise cornerstone. He's our guy. Yeah. yeah, he's our guy. But if Jalen Brown is cooking and it's his night, then I feel like he needs to take that back seat and realize that it's not his night and let Jalen Brown and let the offense. Because Jalen Brown wasn't even always talking about scoring because they weren't even asking about scoring. They were talking about even like he wants the ball in his hands and trust he can make the right decision. If they bring extra help, trust that he can make the extra pass. Trust that he can make the right decision running the offense through him. And I feel like he's earned that right. And I'm not I'm not sure how that's going to – go on how Udoka Udoka feel about him saying that in the press conference. But I feel like Jalen Brown, again, if he's having a game like that, again, yeah, Tatum's cool, but run the offense through him. Let Tatum just have to get it where he get it. He is just not his night. Because if Jason Tatum's on that night, then that's what Jalen Brown's going to be doing. He's going to be off ball, chilling and everything like that. So he has to understand that it goes both ways. Not every night's going to be your night. Some nights is just not going to be it. I think, like, also what you were saying, like, the and a lot of sports are doing it now where they're treating, like, pretty much the beginning of the season is, like, preseason, like, trying to find out the lineups and stuff. And, like, people are resting their players a lot more. But, yeah, you were saying about Udoka, but, like, there's still – a lot of people rest their starters in the preseason, and this is really when they are truly finding, like, you know, the lineups and stuff they like and stuff. So. Yeah, I don't have a problem with them experimenting with lineups. I just don't. I just wish we didn't have to play yeah, them I mean, that many yeah, the 46 minutes. minutes in the first game. I mean, it's double OT, so that kind of makes sense. But yeah, they were barely playing. Like Pritchard barely played, and yeah, Smith, Pritchard and also has a broken nose. But he, yeah, he Neesmith didn't really get that much run. Neesmith only got 11 minutes, and so I'm like, I just, I just rather have seen them be on the court more because even if uh, it doesn't to me, game one of the season. Don't gas your starters. You'd be like, okay, get them run. See what they can do. If you see they're sticking it up, let them still go through growing pains, figure it out, because we know we do have Josh Richardson coming back. We know we got Al Horford and them coming back. So this isn't going to be – they're not going to always play like 20 minutes. So why not game one of the season? Go ahead and give Aaron Neesmith 25 minutes so that Jason Tatum doesn't have to play 45 minutes. Why not? Why not? Just 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 to do it. Just go out there and be like, OK, cool. We see what we got. Just like you were talking about earlier, treating them like a preseason game is game one. Treat it like a preseason game. Go ahead and let them go out there so we don't gas them. I just worry about for the long haul and it's a long season. I don't want to worse injuries or anything like that because they have too many minutes and too many miles on their legs. But that's just me personally. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that with my own superstar. So. I mean, he can get ran into the ground. So, yeah, that's the thing. We're just It's a long a game, one of 82, like, and you already seeing 45 minutes. It's crazy. Yeah, but on the next side. Who, Neto? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Don't don't disrespect Kentucky legend like that. But the Knicks actually looked really good. Um, Julius Randle came out aggressive in that first half. That man was letting the threes fly. I know he cooled off. He didn't really hit anything in the second half. I don't think he hit a three in the second half. But in the first half, he came out letting it fly, letting everybody know that I guess he was working on his game. He was changing things up. He was calling for the ball, demanding the ball, letting them know like they he wants the offense ran through him. He's trying to make it clear that. He's that guy in that playoff series last year. Isn't how it's going to go down this year. The only yeah. thing I, I, I say to that is, like, in the playoffs, I still don't think that's going to work. Like, him just trying to ISO and score. But nope. if other people was hitting shots, then they could definitely uh, I was just about to say, but, you know, I don't want it to come off sound like hate because, you know, obviously I'm a Laker fan and he was a former Laker. I like Randall, but Randall is one of those players that tries to do a little bit too much. Now, obviously, he works on his game, and he's been working on his game the last few years because he can definitely take guys off the dribble. Um, I still think he's a little bit of a stubborn lefty, you know what I'm saying? But he's uh, improved his uh, ball handling ability to where, you know, if he jabs or drives left, he can completely, you know, change direction, step back three, step back middies, all that. But when the game, I don't know, maybe he just felt defeated a little bit, but when the game went into overtime, like, he kind of completely just – his ISO was just fucking up the entire Knicks offense. Like they kept running the same play where uh, Evan Fournier was set a screen um, for Randall to get the ball on the wing. And then Fournier would just go to the top of the key, you know, just kind of out of the way. And I'm just like, in my mind, I'm thinking, what is Thibodeau doing? Like, cause three plays in a row, I think uh, Randall tried to drive or got a shot off and it was just highly contested and it was just a bad look. And I'm just like, this is kind of like what he did in the playoffs last season. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand he's the best player on the Knicks, but the Knicks don't have a true superstar, right? Obviously, Randall's an all-star, but the Knicks don't have a superstar, a guy that you give the ball to that you know is going to get you a bucket. So they're a really solid team and got players around that can hit threes and, you know, can get a bucket. But I, I don't know. I, it's, it's too predictable. Watching Randall get the ball and ISO <laughs> – down in crunch time and OT when everybody's gassed, I just – I don't like that. You know what I'm saying? And I hope that when the Knicks go to the playoffs this year, obviously, you know, he silences all the critics and shows that he can actually play when it matters. But Randall sometimes just does way too fucking much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it's but, like Tibbs is like trying to force him to be a superstar. And it's yeah, like – It's yeah. like he is a really – he's a really, really good player. And he could potentially be one, but sometimes it's that – the detriment yeah. like their offense. Yeah, he's still a four. You know what I'm saying? He's still a a big man who obviously is skilled and can score the ball. But I mean, he's not the he's not the guy that you should be relying on to ISO when you're down one. You know what I'm saying? You gotta get you got Evan Fournier, R.J. Barrett, other guys Kimble around Walker. that can hit threes. Like get get them the ball, but get them the ball with some ball movement. Rather than just here you go and watch everybody ISO. I, but, I see the know, maybe Fournier, I see the Fournier revenge game. It was. And the crazy thing is we right. wanted to bring him back. It's just we we couldn't we didn't want to pay because we weren't going all in on this season. I don't blame them for not paying him because we knew we weren't gonna win and our owners <laughs> are usually cheap when it comes to that. If it doesn't look like it's going to be a championship season, they're not going to pay. And they wanted to get under the luxury tax, which is why 
we cut Jamari, I mean Jabari Parker, and then re-signed him to a cheaper deal because we we're like we we they're trying to make sure they're under the luxury tax because this isn't a season. They've kind of given up on this season. Every all I see on every sports report, I mean Celtics reporter and blog page, they talk about how the owners have made it clear they're giving up on this season. The GMs have made it clear they're giving up on this season, but they're gonna they're willing Crazy. to pay in the future. They're just not gonna pay this year because they don't see themselves as a true title contender this year. And I agree with it. I'm like, I don't see us as a title contender either. So I why waste money though, giving people because contracts? You got Tatum and Brown. It's not like you gotta win now, right, but like you got those two and you just add a little a couple pieces. You don't even need another superstar, but if you add the right pieces, you could be a contender. Well, I don't think they're going to be a. I don't think a contender necessarily, but they, they were, can make they were noise. A years ago, and that was before they were even like really nice. Yeah, yeah, but the East has also got stronger since then. Yeah, that's true. The East has definitely got stronger. So I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I get what you're saying about having Tatum and Brown, but. They also still have years on their contract. I think after this year, Brown after this year, Brown only has two more years on his contract. So they're gonna have to make that decision very soon with Brown. They don't have much more time to waste with Brown. They do have a couple, obviously, a lot of time with Tatum, but Brown they're gonna have to make some noise here soon. Cause send Tatum to where he want to go. You know what I'm saying? Boston to the purple and gold. You know what I'm saying? Y'all keep. I told you. I told you. AD, LeBron, and uh, and two first, and you got it. Yeah. Nah. Fuck out of here. Okay. Y'all have have too many numbers retired anyway. So. (laughs) I'm saying. (laughs) Nah, that number zero need to go in the rafters. Speaking of which, man, how y'all got my man? Well, not my man, but you know. You know, Dennis Schroeder, how y'all got him out there in 71? Y'all got too many he numbers. He chose to be that. Come up off some of the numbers, man. <laughs> <laughs> he he literally chose that, and Dennis Schroeder missed a layup, so I'm still not talking about him. Is it because 7 plus 1 equals some 8, bad. and he turned down 80 million? Oh, I don't, <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying I don't, to make the connection. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what was going. I still think Dennis Schroeder's a good player, though. I, I think he can he go is. back to how idiot. he was. Yeah, a couple years ago, because like throughout most of the game, it's like, okay, he's cool. But then in the fourth quarter, I don't, I don't know what happened. That's when he missed the layup. That's when he had back to back turnovers for no reason, unforced turnovers too. It was like where he just drove into the crowd and then tried to pass out and turned it over. And I'm like, what are you doing? That and was he had so two wide open threes that he bricked. As soon as he yeah. pulled him, I knew they was off. Like it's not even like I just I have PTSD from watching him shoot threes last <laughs> year. <laughs> but we got we got. It looks like we got to speed through the rest of these games because there's not many other other. There's not much time left, and we still got a lot more games to discuss. But <laughs> um, talk about your man Jalen Green. Nah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that man. I mean, <laughs> everybody on the ra- not, on the Rockets was called struggled that game. Like nobody had a good game. Christian Wood was awful. Uh, mm-hmm. Kevin Porter Jr. surprisingly was awful. I think Eric Gordon was the only one who played okay. Considering. Yeah, Eric Gordon shot well. I think he had like 15 or something. Singoon actually played <laughs> solid too. I like Singoon a lot. Yeah. But everybody else was basically just out there running around. They they just but on got the other drove. Side, Anthony Edwards, that's Timothy Hardaway. Like, he's that <laughs> guy. Like, Anthony Edwards is his play is way beyond his years, his age. Like, and it's funny because when he was in high school and they were talking about him as a prospect, they were saying, like, he's – I think I remember reading he's, like, the best high school prospect as far as just skill-wise, best high school prospect since LeBron. I don't know if we've heard that about other guys, but, like, he was literally, like, a man amongst boys in high school as far as his play. And 
it seems to me that he probably could have been an NBA as a 16 year old because that guy is really good at basketball. Like, really good. Yeah, he just so, had to figure it out. Like, his first half last year was a struggle. But that second half, he was crazy good. Yeah. And everybody was like, yo, is this? Threes. Yeah. Six threes, then, uh, the other the, I know the biggest concern for the Timberwolves coming in was, like, well, concerning Anthony Edwards, like, if if that was consistent, could he make that jump into the all-star level player this soon? Or if that second half of the season was just a fluke? And it's looking like he really is going to ready to make that jump and jump sooner than a lot of people thought. And he might, he, he's trying to, he, he, he might be the best player in this class. He, he like, he, he, he's making his argument. I know a lot of people are going to say clear cut LaMelo, but he's making his argument that he, he might be the best player in this draft. Probably. But LaMelo is, is not going to slow down. Like LaMelo is just, he, his play, his, I guess his, his mechanics are a little bit unorthodox. Obviously, when he shoots, it's like he takes like a little hop, bunny hop, and his knees look like he's like knock-kneed sometimes. And obviously, him being 6'7", he's lanky. He has, you know, really good wingspan. Um, so when he plays, like we still kind of get that uh, vibe when he was a 15-year-old at Chino Hills just throwing up half-court shots. Like when I watch him play, I kind of – I feel like I'm watching this goofy kid who's just really good. But – like Lamelo is one of those super cerebral players too. Like he's clearly a a, a facilitator, um, but he definitely doesn't shy away from scoring. And I love that about his game is that he's gonna go get his buckets, but at the same time he can see the rest of the floor. So yeah, Ant may end up being better than him, but I think I think it's pretty neck and neck. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it could just be a one A one B thing where they're both. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, you know, or, or hopefully not, but maybe <clears throat> this is kind of like. What was it? The '84 draft or '83 draft? Or I think it was '84 when you know you had Hakeem at one, MJ was third, and yeah, that was '84. Ho- hopefully, James Wiseman ain't Sam Bowie. You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> you know, those guys, those two guys, those are those are cornerstone guys, man. I hope Charlotte and uh, Minnesota <clears throat> absolutely prioritize what the team needs around those two guys. Yeah, Minnesota looked really good, and Charlotte looked good, too. I, I mean, you saw Gordon Hayward having a, you know, bounce-back year, look like. He looked like he, if he can stay healthy, he can be good. I mean, Gordon Hayward is nice. He just can't stay healthy. And if he stay, you saw he put up 27. He, he was doing yeah, his thing. Yeah, no, no, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't front. Gordon Hayward can play basketball. Yeah. No. And that Pacers team was looking good, too. I'm a, I'm a <laughs> big fan of that Pacers team. If they can get fully healthy – I Shoot. think that Pacers team can make some noise. They can so be on like the Atlanta Hawks. Like four level. threes or something, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you see, so you got like, Dorte out there pulling. cooking, Sabonis cooking, Turner yeah, doing his nice. thing still, blocking shot. And I still, I, I like Brogdon a lot. I just think whenever, um, what's in Karis LeVert comes back and TJ Warren, because you got to remember, they're still not back yet. They're still hurt. Mm-hmm. That's why I think this team can make noise and be like that Atlanta Hawk level Coach. team. If they stay coaching healthy, matters too, right? Because yeah. is this is this Carlisle's first year back as a Pacers coach? Yeah, this is this or was is first he there year. Last year, no, this is first year. Yeah, so Carlisle's <laughs> a experienced coach who's won a championship. So, you know, I think those guys. What were what did they what did they finish last year? The tenth seed, and they were in the plan or something yeah. like that, or the ninth seed. So, yeah, I think those guys can definitely lock in. And that was with injuries and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely better team. than the Wizards. Hey, they got yeah. smacked by us. <laughs> that was just that's just because Russ played like the greatest player ever against them. Facts. Y'all lost. Y'all, y'all don't got Russ ain't there to save y'all this year. 
Well, we, once we got Dinwiddie, we'll be all right. Dinwiddie was stinky. But yeah, it's he, first game of the season. He was playing. He was playing already right in the beginning, but yeah, he was pressing too much. Some stuff, but I like how he can get to the rack really easy. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. What What about that um, Cavaliers game? Because I still, I know me and Shamar already talked about that earlier. I still think it's weird how they're using Evan Mobley, even though Evan Mobley still played well. Um, he's playing well in spite of Cleveland because they're using him really, really Lowry weird. You saw it, Jared Allen. Yeah, you had yeah you had Lowry starting that small mm-hmm. forward, Jared Allen starting that center, and Mobley out there. And you had Mobley on the perimeter a lot, even though he yeah. still scored a lot in the paint. You saw him a lot not being just around the painted area, which is where I would want him to be. I want luckily, him to be like to go inside you, and out. Luckily, like I told you, Mobley is a skilled five, so he can put the ball on the floor. He can catch it at the top of the key. He can catch it, you know, about twenty feet out, fifteen feet out and make something happen. So I don't think it'll hinder him too much. But, yeah, I mean, as far as just getting his full potential maybe er- this early on, it doesn't make sense. But, I mean, hey, they gave $100 million to Jared Allen. Not saying he didn't deserve it, but at the same time, it's like you got to fix this shit. You know what I'm saying? Cause, I mean, and then it's like you have Colin Sexton and Garland. And I, I love Garland's game. Colin Sexton, he's a, another one of those tenacious players. But I, I just feel like maybe at some point they move on from him. Um, but the Cavs have potential to be a really good team with these young pieces, but not, I'm not saying this year, but soon enough, but yeah, you know, I don't know, but Evan Moley looked good, man. What do you have? 17, nine and six, I think. And I don't think he had a single turnover. So, you know, it'll be all right. Yeah, he'll definitely be all right. I'm just, I was just saying, like, I'm saying he's good in spite of them. Yeah, because they're not putting him in the best situation. Just imagine where he can do if he was in the best. I don't know why they went and got Lowry. Markkanen is a good player, but I don't know. I just not. I don't know because they got it. They. They get they get marketing before after they draft the Mobley. Yeah, they got marketing after. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense because I mean I I'm, they're not the same player, but they're both tall, right? Six ten, six eleven, seven feet. Both guys that can stretch the floor. Um, even though Lowry is a much better shooter from three, um, but it's just I don't know. It's weird. Maybe they were just looking to just grab whatever talent they could. I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 at first, I thought they were like gonna run that. Evan Mobley. I figured they were going to run Evan Mobley off the bench as the sixth man so that he could operate in his own space and have Larry yeah. Markin as that starting power forward. And then just when Allen comes out that first minute, obviously they, yeah. him and Mobley are going to play together. But in that very first stretch, bring Allen out, bring Mobley in, and just let Mobley have like run the show. Yeah. That's what I figured they were going to do. But obviously they're just going to start them together, which is strange. But it is what it is. Um they, I, I like Darius Garland. He had that double double, even though he didn't shoot the best. I still, I'm still very hard on Garland too. I think that in the next couple years, he could be a top ten point guard in the league. I really like Darius Garland. I think he has really high potential as a true point guard. But John Morant, on the other side, speaking of point guards, looked really good as well. I mean, he had damn near forty, and I mean, he picked up where he left off. I just. That 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 team's still gonna be scheduled to make some noise. I'm I'm upset that I wanted to see Zaire do more. I mean, I know he only took like one or two shots, but I, I did want to see what's called Zaire Williams do much more because I, I'm really highly on him too, even though he didn't play the best last year in college. 
It's going to be kind of tough, though, because obviously Jaron Jackson is healthy, and um, they still have uh, – what's his face? Brandon um, Clark. Brandon Clark, yeah. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Desmond Baines' minutes are picking up. So, uh, you know, it'll it'll be – it might be a little and bit Dylan of a struggle. Right hurt. Yeah. What do y'all think of – even though it was against the Pelicans, um, the 76ers' first game without Ben Simmons? I mean, I mean, I didn't, ex- I didn't expect the Pelicans to win, um, and obviously Joel Embiid is who he is. He didn't do anything that I didn't expect him to do. But to be honest with you, as far as Ben Simmons is concerned, even if there was th- there wasn't this whole fiasco going on, to me Philly isn't a favorite for the East. Like I know last year they had a really good year, right? Because they were the number one seed, right, or the two seed. Yeah, they were the one seed, but. But like, regardless of what their record said, I wasn't convinced. I just wasn't convinced. You know what I'm saying? Um, because even if you take Ben Simmons out of the picture, like they don't have that the personnel at the one to really run the show. Tyrese Maxey, to me, as good as he is, he's he's not really he's a like scoring a true, guard. He's not, he's not a yeah, playmaker. He's, he's not a he's not a true one in the sense of while he can go out and give you twenty, he's running the show. You know what I'm saying? Um, and even though Seth Curry is obviously, you know, a, a threat from the perimeter and they've got other guys, I don't know, man. I just – I'm not I'm not convinced by the Sixers. Um, I mean, I, I see what you year. mean about the playmaking team. <clears throat> they don't have a true playmaker. And I feel like a championship team in, uh, needs a true playmaker to actually make noise for, like, when things slow down, your offense needs to get right. You need to have that true playmaker to get everybody ready, yeah. get everybody situated. And they don't have but, one of those people on their team. Yeah, I mean, because of what Ben Simmons isn't able to add to the offense specifically um, of the 76ers, him not being there to me doesn't make them that much worse. Like, I'm not trying to downplay Ben Simmons at all because I know he's a all-defense guy. And when you have a 6'10", point guard, point forward, whatever you want to call him, I mean, shit, it, it's, it's scary for opposing defenses, even if it's a guy that doesn't shoot the ball. But I don't think they're – that much worse without him there. I think the fact that this whole thing is becoming or is a distraction, um, you know, a mental drain can affect, will affect their play. And we won't be able to really tell, obviously, because it's all internal. But, you know, them beating the Pelicans, it's uh, it's not a, not a shock. And with or without Ben Simmons, you know, I think <clears throat> those guys are going to be in the playoffs, but they're not going to be a favorite. So. I don't know. I think depending on what they can trade Ben Simmons for, I think they can. Daryl Morey has already pretty much said that he's standing his ground. Um, I think one. I think Daryl Morey, uh, you know, was at, we all we all know he was asking for too much, which is why they weren't able to trade him before the uh, before the draft or during the draft. Um, and then two, I think he's trying to like teach Ben Simmons a lesson somewhat in a way he already doesn't like, you know, clutch, you know, sports agency, Rich Paul, all that shit. And that's obviously Ben Simmons representation. So he's not trying to let Ben Simmons off the hook in a sense, even if he can get something, you know, decent in return as far as draft picks or assets, young players, whatever it may be. Um, so he's going to, I, they said he's going to hold his ground. Like this is going to be Ben Simmons might not go anywhere this year. Um, whether we see him play or not. So, I don't know. It's just it's, it's just a shit show. I Personally, don't get me wrong. I think Ben Simmons um, could be more professional, but 
you know, if someone made it clear they don't want to be there, regardless of what the reason is, like if you think he's being a baby because the fans are turning on him, quote unquote, if someone doesn't want to be there and this is someone that you've invested in a lot of money in, you probably might want to get rid of him just for team or morale sake. And then your best player in Joel Embiid, who has injury history, is getting older. His knees are, have more miles on him. His back has more miles on it. You you might want to do something. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying like trade him and go into rebuild mode, but oh, I mean, you're not going to rebuild mode. You can't like, throw away this season not trading him because Embiid's health concerns and everything right. else doesn't just allow you right. to. Right. Embiid is gonna gonna do his. Embiid goes out there and puts his body on the line and he plays through injury, but when he's not available, he's not available, and we don't know how much longer his body's gonna hold up at this consistent level. So, I don't know. Daryl Moore, I think, is being petty. and you know, But it is what it is. I don't know. I still think the Sixers can be, like, really good. I don't know about a contender, but I think they could be, like, tops of the East even without Ben. But it definitely helps to get so. a player back. I don't know, because I've seen them play enough without him. Like, that offense, it just frees it up so much for Embiid. And, like, they're a really good team. They're They're pretty deep, too. Like, they got a lot of shooting and stuff. I don't know. I think they could still be one of the better teams. I don't think they're winning a chip. They definitely got to get some for Simmons to get a chip, but I think they'll still be one of the top teams. <clears throat> okay, let's, let's last. The last team I want to talk about before we end it and call it a night is the, the last game is the Nuggets versus the Suns. We saw the MVP go out there, do his thing. I know Shamari wasn't happy because he wasn't playmaking. He was focusing too much scoring wise, but um, what do, what, what do you think that first game with the Suns and the with the Nuggets? Um, the the Nuggets look good. Obviously, I mean, I both teams look good. I, I'm not gonna, even though the Suns lost, I'm not gonna completely shit on them. Devin Booker obviously was rusty. He uh, didn't play well at all. Um, you know, CP3 was, you know, able to go out there and handle the floor. Um, you know, but it's not peak Suns, obviously, relative to what we saw them do in the playoffs last year. Um, but I had the Nuggets winning. Um, I even had them on a, a parlay where I picked them money line. Um, you know, the Nuggets obviously don't have Jamal Murray, but I'm really impressed with their depth, or at least what their depth can execute. You know what I'm saying? Because they just gave, what, $200 million to Michael Porter Jr., and even though he didn't have a bad night, he ain't have a $200 million performance, but you got other guys that step up. You know, Will Barton, um, you know, Morris. I think he just has to be Austin more aggressive. because He, he, he does have still, to be more aggressive, but I also believe that shooting you well. know, Mike Malone, because remember during the bubble where I guess – Michael Porter Jr. somewhat expressed frustrations with not getting enough play, right? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Mike Malone kind of emphasized that you got to sort of not know your role, but you got to be able to fit into what the game plan is and what we're trying to accomplish as a team. Obviously, that team revolves around Jokic. Jokic won an MVP last year, but before winning the MVP, he was playing at an MVP level the season before. Um, He produces. He's super smart. He's got great touch. And even though he just looks like a big, unathletic, goofy center he makes things happen um but everybody else you know keeps that well oil machine going like you know you're only as good as your bench honestly you're only as good as what your role players can do you know what i'm saying and i'm really impressed with the way the nuggets play together as a unit 
um, them adding Jeff Green. Jeff Green is like one of those guys who will always be able to get a job because he's a a, a two-way scorer. What I mean by that, not two-way as in defense, but he's able to score on the outside and score on the inside. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, the Suns, we, we know that's not their best basketball. They'll get better. Devin Booker is not going to go out there and shoot three or 15 or whatever it was every night or every other night. Um, but, you know, uh, yeah, man, the Nuggets are definitely one of the top three teams in the in the West. I think the only other team that you can convince me you have as a favor over them in the West are the Jazz. You know what I'm saying? So the Jazz and obviously a fully healthy Lakers, but we got to see the Lakers. We got it. We got they need Lakers have to show and prove because they obviously added a third star. You know what I'm saying? But as of where it stands right now, Nuggets and Jazz are probably the top two teams in the West. I think, like, the Suns, like, yeah, it, it, it passed, but I think the Aiden thing, that not getting solved might play on the court. Not, like, as in him playing bad, but just it's in the air that, you know, those other guys got paid or something. So I just wonder how that's going to yeah, play. Yeah. Because also another reason they were saying they didn't offer him a max is because, like, Monty's not really big on trying to run the offense through him, and he was like banging the table for like Bridges and Shaman to get paid. So yeah, yeah, <clears throat> definitely have to see how that plays out. I think they're still going to be a really good team, but it would it would have been a lot better and easier if like they already had paid him and that was solved. Because they said like yeah. he's, he's not happy and he's still going to play, but it definitely could show like some somewhere like in the locker room and stuff. Yeah, he'll get his somewhere else. I mean, <clears throat> all right, so I'm all about players getting paid, and I think the Suns should pay Aiden, but maybe this is an unpopular opinion. I can see why they're they don't they're hesitant to give him that full max deal because Aiden Aiden is a very good player. He is a skilled big, but he's not skilled like Jokic, right? He can definitely you know stretch the floor out a little bit, shoot the midi pretty well, has good has good touch. Can rebound the ball, um, as you would expect, the seven-footer to rebound, and is a pretty decent shot blocker. But there isn't anything about Aiden that tells you, like, immediately tells you, like, all right, like, we have to keep him. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I can kind of see from a from a front office standpoint why they don't want to just give him his max. Um, I do think he deserves it because, again, I'm all for players getting paid, especially when I think players have potential, when players obviously have showed and proved. Um, but maybe the Suns are not riding the coattails of what he was able to do in the playoffs against the Lakers. You know what I'm saying? Because everyone has their little shining moment, but then, you know, the, the, the light dwindles a little bit when you move on to the next opponent. So... I don't know. I, I can I, and like like Spence said, what you know about Monty, I can see that being true. Um, but yeah, maybe uh, maybe that definitely affects the way they play this year. Because even if Aiden goes out there and is a consummate professional, goes to practice, practices hard, that's always going to be on the back of his mind, and that shit might might show a little <laughs> bit in body language and all that. So yeah, yeah I, was like a, uh, I really just wish they paid him. Yeah, I was in a, yeah. a spaces thing, and somebody was talking about how, like, obviously Aiden is a better player, but, like, a lot of Suns fans would probably agree that they would rather have Bridges back. Well, they feel mm-hmm. like he's more important just because of, like, what he provides 3 and D. Yeah. But, so he fits today's basketball. <clears throat> today's yeah, basketball exactly. is all about volume shooting and defense. You know what I'm saying? 
But yeah, I wish we could have had more time to discuss all the games, but we had so many games. But two days into the NBA season, loving it, loving it, loving it. Can't wait for the whole season to keep going on. Let's go ahead and end this and throw this out. Thank you guys for showing up and coming out. Anyways, guys, it's been another episode of the Athletes <clears throat> Podcast. Always, always, always remember to respect women. But most importantly, remember to respect yourself. We out. Facts.